Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of D1T in 5 for Thursday, August 1st. Let's jump into today's top stories. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach, Stuart Mandel, Max Olsen and Chris Vanini report on the latest developments regarding the Pac-12's media rights and expansion talks. Three people with knowledge of the discussions said Commissioner George Klyovkov is struggling to find partners, willing to pay close to what the league is seeking. Two of those sources said Klyovkov overpromised his members on how many bidders there would be and what dollar amount they could command, a target north of $40 million per school, according to one league athletic director. Today, it's uncertain whether the Pac-12 will even be able to exceed the $31.6 million average. The Big 12 reportedly landed in a six-year extension with ESPN and Fox it reached last fall. Meanwhile, rather than drafting off the Big Ten's windfall, Mandel at all point out the Pac-12 may have been undercut by the Big 12, with one administrator saying, it's tough when your neighbor across the street sells his house for a low price. With SMU and San Diego State reportedly in the Pac-12's crosshairs, Mandel and company report the Big 12 continues to eye Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State and Utah. Beyond that, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren's departure leaves Washington and Oregon in a tough position as they try to gauge that league's future plans. The longer the Pac-12's hunt for an acceptable TV deal drags on and stirs doubts about the conference's financial future, the easier it becomes for Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark to make his pitch to those schools. USA Today's Steve Berkowitz reports, SEC's total revenue for fiscal year 2022, $802 million down from $833.4 million in fiscal year 2021, when it got signing bonus for its TV contract with ESPN. Per school distributions for fiscal year 2022, $49.9 million, down about $4.7 million per school from fiscal year 2021. Most of the decline in the SEC's 2022 revenue and distributions can be attributed to each school having received a $4 million share of a signing bonus that the conference got when it signed a new football TV deal with ESPN in December 2020, which put that money into the fiscal 2021 cycle. Commissioner Greg Sankey earned $3.7 million, up $735,000 from what was reported in 2020, marking the first time he has earned over $3 million and bringing his pay more in line with other Power 5 commissioners. The CAA has signed a comprehensive media rights agreement with CBS Sports and Flow Sports. According to the terms of the four-year extension with CBS Sports, the CBS Sports Network will televise at least 20 CAA regular season men's basketball games in addition to the semi-finals and finals of the CAA Men's Basketball Championship and the title game of the CAA Women's Basketball Championship. The new agreement with CBS Sports also includes the possibility of additional regular season games in men's and women's basketball, based on schedule availability. Furthermore, the new, eight-figure agreement with Flow Sports is the most lucrative media rights deal in league history, and will see over 1,200 games air annually, including the majority of conference championships. That agreement runs through the 2026-27 season. Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty chronicles Pittsburgh's success under A.D. Heatherlike, noting that upon her arrival in 2017, the Panthers had won just one ACC championship since joining the league in 2013. Now, Forty observes, Pitt Athletics, once one of the weakest links in the well-rounded ACC and all of the Power Five conferences, has become a broad-based success story. Through the 2022-23 fall sports season in the Learfield Directors' Cup standings, the Panthers currently are tied for sixth in the nation.
Pitt's 302 points accrued based on NCAA postseason competition results and rankings in just fall sports, are the most the program has ever scored for an entire academic year combined. 40 credits Pittsburgh's ascendance as a product of likes combination of seemingly conflicting characteristics, aggressiveness and patience. She came to the city school ready to overhaul a lot of things, but also prepared to play the long game in other areas. Like says there was apathy when she arrived, and the first step was reigniting the passion internally. We had to invest in people. I wanted to find coaches who had courage and confidence. They've got to have an internal confidence that, yeah, I can do this. Kansas AD Travis Goff during a Twitter Spaces conversation with the Kansas City Star explained that while renovation plans are in the works, the Jayhawks will continue playing its football games at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium. You have to navigate whole aspects with procurement of material, of the construction process. In our case, I'm not interested in picking up and moving this football team and football program to a different site to play a season or seasons, so to speak. I think it's really disruptive to the guys and it gets really disruptive to the building of Kansas football. So for us, that means where we are going to have to sequence the construction. We are going to have to find a way to play through it. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Thursday, February 9th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.